0: Is Jordan Love ready to lead the Green Bay Packers? We talk about that and so much more coming up next year on Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another episode of Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. I am here, your host, Kevin Ostreicher, one of the many NFL experts here. On our network, we're free and available on all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. And five days a week, we have daily NFL content here. Today's episode of Lockdown NFL is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job free at linkedin.com slash lockdown NFL. LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL to post your job free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back here again, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day, breaking down NFL news, NFL stories throughout every single weekday, Monday through Friday. Hit the subscribe button, turn the notification bell on on YouTube, subscribe in audio form as well. It is free to do so, of course. Here today, we're going to be breaking down a lot as we're kind of moseying into slowly training camp days, just a couple of weeks away now. First, we'll talking to Bukowski of Locked On Packers about Jordan Love. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers out. In Green Bay, Jordan Love is now taking over. But is he ready to take over Green Bay? We'll talk with Peter in the first segment. Then in the second part of the show, Ross Jackson and Locked On Saints will join us as We talk about the Saints' impact players and also the story of Foster Moreau. That's a good one. Be sure to stay tuned for that. Then finally, I'll be breaking down the NFL division by division in the final segment. It's something new I wanted to try, and I think now's the perfect time. So I want to just break each division down, talk about each team a little bit and what each division has to offer. So without any further ado, let's first talk with Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers about Jordan Love and if he can take over this Packers team. The Green Bay Packers will have a new starting quarterback at the helm this year. Aaron Rodgers out. Jordan Love's time to take over the Green Bay Packers, but is he ready here to talk about that with me today? Peter Bukowski, the host of Locked On Packers, joins me. And, Peter, I know that there's been a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers leaving, what that means for Green Bay. How did I miss it? Yeah, just, just a little, just a tiny, tiny bit. But Jordan Love now is the guy in Green Bay. I know a lot of Packers fans are excited, and other Packers fans are kind of curious about what this means and if Jordan Love is actually ready at this point. So Peter, based off of everything you've seen from Jordan Love over the course of the, his NFL career so far and so far early on in OTAs and minicamp, do you feel like Jordan Love is ready for the moment here in Green Bay?
1: You know, it's it, playing quarterback in the NFL is kind of like being a parent. Um, you don't know if you're ready for it until you do it. I think that's the only way we're going to know if Jordan Love is ready is when – The bullets start flying on Sundays. You can do, and Brian Guttekin said this, the general manager for the Green Bay Packers. He said this, in fact, last offseason. He said, Jordan Love has gone as far as he can go in practice. We know what he is in practice and even in preseason. It is the live games, the game planning. When teams get tape on you, then how do you react to all that stuff? Building an offense around you. What does that look like? How can that evolve? How are you able to problem solve on the fly And one of the things that Matt LaFleur said after that Kansas City game back in 2021, the only start of Jordan Love's career was Steve Spagnuolo blitzed Jordan Love to death. And the Packers were very late to adjust to it. Um, You may recall that was the COVID week for Aaron Rodgers. The Packers found out actually on Wednesday, Rodgers would not be there. And it seems to me they rolled out the Aaron Rodgers game plan with Jordan Love and thought that would be good enough. But what Matt LaFleur said after that game was not only were they slow to adapt to the blitzes of Steve Spagnolo, but they loved the way Jordan Love hung in there and kept fighting. He never got flustered, never got down on himself, never did the Sam Darnold, I'm seeing ghosts out there, even though he might have been, and even though his guys up front were getting overwhelmed. Someone like Royce Newman, like we found out that their starting right guard was not a starting NFL player in that game. It was just like, you cannot handle this. You do not have the lateral quickness. He should be a backup for the rest of his career, probably. And that was the game where everyone was just like, nope. Yeah, Royce Newman, not, not an NFL starter. And that, that's no shot at him. That's just the reality of the situation. And so you're not going to, until we get in those situations with Jordan Love, we're not going to know for sure. I mean, we just only found out this year, Jalen Hurts is a dude. It was only, what, two seasons ago, we found out Josh Allen, a bona fide dude. It took him a couple years to get there. So even once we get this season, I don't think we're going to have a full idea of who Jordan Love is as a quarterback. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Packers said, rather than do the fifth-year option, let's do a contract extension where we're actually going to give you guaranteed that um, that extra season, and we'll figure it out from there.
0: Yeah, and I think it's so interesting what, Green Bay's timeline is you know competitive versus non-competitive now because a lot of that does hinge on the quarterback position and if Jordan Love is ready to take over but Peter what about the rest of the roster is Green Bay's roster outside of Jordan Love is that still a competitive team or do you think they might be headed towards some sort there's a lot of talent there I know the word rebuild I've seen a couple of times at Green Bay but look there's still talent on that roster I don't, I don't want to call it a rebuild yet trade away all their guys here
1: yeah we are unlocked on Lockdown Packers allergic to that word we do not say that word we do not acknowledge that that is a thing and in fact I have been actively pushing against this narrative that they're rebuilding. Even like someone like David Bakhtiari, who went on a podcast and was like, whether the front office knows it or not, we're rebuilding. And I, I was just sort of like, no, or at least the front office does not think they are rebuilding. Even though they're going young, they have a an average age of their pass catchers is 23 and a half. Um, and that's pretty young. Uh, that means the average Packers pass catcher cannot rent a car legally. Um, that's pretty wild. It is, it is the, the second youngest, basically in the modern era since 2000, only the 2016, 2017, whatever the, the 0 and 16 Browns were the only team younger. That's not company you really want to keep Kevin, but, um, this defense is really talented. You've got, I, I believe it is eight or nine first round picks. Jair Alexander is an all pro caliber player. Kenny Clark pro bowler, Rashawn Gary should have been a pro bowler. Um, Devondre Campbell is just a year removed from being a first team, all pro linebacker. you got Devontae Wyatt, first round pick Eric Stokes, first round pick Quay Walker, first round pick Russell Douglas was someone they picked off Arizona's practice squad, but then they gave a three year, 30 plus million dollar extension to after he played really good for half a season. So this is a defense. And then by the way, they used their first round pick on Lucas Van Ness, a first round pick. Preston Smith is, is a former high money free agent. So they've invested a lot in this defense. This defense should be better than it was last year, although last year it should have been better than it was last year. And then offensively, I'm fascinated to see. I think there's a ton of talent on this team. Um, They have a a, a structure and an infrastructure that I think is good enough. An elite offensive line, an offensive line that should be a top five, top ten kind of group. They were that last year. They should be even better this year with more continuity um, and, and better health. They have the best backfield for my money in football. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Both of those guys were top 10 in pro football focus grades last year. That is, that is an elite duo. If you don't think Aaron Jones is a top five running back at this point, you're just not paying attention. He is an incredible football player. So, okay, you've got a really good offensive line, a really talented defense and a really good running game. That that's more than a lot of teams have right now. And then the question becomes, what is the quarterback? So, If the question is, what is the quarterback? Well, then you have to say the infrastructure is pretty good. Understanding the pass catcher question, right? Christian Watson broke out last season, last seven or eight weeks of the season. He was one of the 10 best receivers in football by pick a metric. Yards per route run, whatever you want to look at. He was incredibly impactful. And even Aaron Rodgers, who hates to compliment rookies on anything, loved Romeo Dobbs starting in training camp. And then even said, he would, get, he would get questions. What is different about the offense in the second half of the season? He would say, Christian Watson. And, and it had to be because it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. His numbers were not any better. But the offense's numbers were better. And it was because Christian Watson was making plays. It was because Keyshawn Nixon came in as a special teamer and started making plays. And it's because the defense started to get takeaways. And life gets a lot easier when that's the, the kind of situation that you're in there. in. so I don't think this is a rebuilding team at all. I never bought into the idea that this was the worst team in the NFC North. I think that's a farce. Um, I've never bought into the bears hype. I think that's part of this. And I think the, the Vikings are going to be way worse than they were last year. They were not a 13 win team last year. They were an eight or nine win team last year that, that happened to win 13 games. I think they are a seven win team and eight win team this year. Uh, cause I don't think that defense has anyone on it, except it's Harrison Smith and a bunch of guys in purple. Like, I don't, I don't know who any of those guys are. Um, okay. Deniel Hunter, but he could, he could be traded. So. I think the Packers are in good position to surprise a lot of people this season.
0: Huge shout-out to Peter for hopping on, talking Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, of course. It's not Aaron Rodgers anymore. It's the Jordan Love Show in Green Bay. For more on Peter's work, check out the Locked On Packers podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in the second part of the show, Ross Jackson is up talking about Foster Moreau and that New Orleans Saints team. So be sure to stay tuned, planning to dive into on Locked On NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have the access to the Qualified Candidates Available. That's why I have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn's helped me a ton with my life, and it's super easy to create and also find a free job post on LinkedIn. You just have to add your job in the pro hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools you can use as well, like screening questions. They make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience, so you can clearly prioritize who'd like to interview and who'd like to hire. It's really important to start the year strong, and the right team member can help you do that why small businesses right, are jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Leading jobs, so you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job free at LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL. LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL to post your job for free. So, conditions apply. We're back, our second segment, Locked On NFL. Kevin Ostrich is still breaking down the latest and greatest NFL storylines for this week, and we talked with Peter Bukowski in the first segment of Locked On Packers. Now I'll flip over and talk with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints in the second segment. The Saints are an interesting team. They added Derek Carr. We'll talk a bit about Foster Moreau, his story, and also some impact year one and year two players for the Saints coming up now. New Orleans Saints have a lot of impact players who are either in their first or second year with the team. They're gonna contribute in a big way here to talk about those players with me and more. Ross Jackson with me, the host of Locked On Saints and Ross, I know we'll get to the players or at least more of them in a second, Mm -hmm. but a first-year guy for the Saints now a lot of people were excited about on the field is Foster Moreau, but there's an off-the-field story with him. Luckily, we have the happy ending with that now with him. I want want to give you the floor. Just talk about what Foster Moreau has gone through to get to this point with the Saints and how this whole thing kind of unfolded.
2: Yeah, it, Kevin it's my favorite uh story of of the offseason and maybe one of my favorite stories I've ever got or actually definitely my favorite story that I've ever gotten to cover uh you know in in terms of covering this team but it, and look you don't often get just Positive good stories, but here's one for you. So, Foster Moreau, uh, you know, after moving on from the Las Vegas Raiders, even though it was still a potential that he could return to Las Vegas Raiders, uh, you know, had visited with a couple of teams, he visited with the Cincinnati Bengals and a visited with the New Orleans Saints back in March, if I remember correctly. And then during that visit, he got a physical done, which kind of tells you that there there was something going on there in terms of like him getting a physical done and all this other stuff. But in the midst of doing that, it was, you know, uh, uncovered that he had, um, uh, you know, something going on that led to a diagnosis of Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a type of cancer that impacts a particular part of the immune system. And so it was a huge kind of life changing, you know, moment for him. Um, he took to Twitter and mentioned, you know, told everybody about it, kind of broke the news on his own, saying that he, you know, kind of vowed to return to football, but that he was going to have to fight this fight first. And then you know, come, you know, April, he Goes back to comes back here to New Orleans. He finishes the physical and then, you know, come uh, the next month after that there. He's cleared medically and then he's returning to the New Orleans Saints facility, not for another physical, not for a visit, anything like that. He, he signs a contract with them, and kind of the way that it worked out. It, this was following the draft. So it was early May. He was cleared on a Tuesday, signed with the Saints on a Wednesday and then Thursday morning at 730 a.m. He's out there uh, at the practice facility throwing and catching passes with his Former and now again quarterback Derek Carr, who he's reuniting with uh, here in New Orleans, and now just about a week ago, um, you know, he comes through and 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 gives another update on his uh, on on his Twitter account on his social media page to say that he is in full remission, which means that he's not uh, you know experiencing any symptoms any longer, and there is no detectable uh, cancer at this time, which is huge for him. Now, there's always the uh, chance of recurrence and these things happening, so he considers this to be a lifelong battle. And when we spoke with him after he made sort of this surprise uh, appearance on the field at OTAs, the very very first day, he mentioned that you know he he's aware of that and. Uh, you know that his quality of life hasn't changed and he'll be able to play, you know, all 17 games, you know, if uh, assuming no other injury set in and things like that. So just a remarkable story. And then to put the cherry on top of all of it, Foster's from here. He's from here in New Orleans. I, I live right down the street from where he played high school football. He, of course, played uh, college football. Uh, up in Baton Rouge, about an hour and a half away of Red LSU, and so just a really remarkable story uh, around Foster Moreau, and now he's got an opportunity to come in and join forces with another great tight end in Juwan Johnson, and potentially be a, a really you know uh, impressive tandem at the position for uh, quarterback Derek Carr.
0: You yeah, know, it was such an incredible story for Foster yeah. Moreau, and, I, and I'm glad, you know, the the announcement that everybody saw with well, a couple of announcements, it's very nice to see the progression that he's made and hopefully it'll be able to make an impact for the Saints on the field as well here. And Ross, I know when talking about some of these first year players. Moreau is one of those guys signing with New Orleans, but what is the impact Moreau is going to have? And also some of these other first year players you think could really help the Saints win some games this year?
2: Yeah, I think there's a couple of different ways that he impacts. I mean, first of all, to have a solid tight end, that's a little bit of an all around guy that, you know, has chemistry with the new quarterback here in town. And Derek Carr is obviously invaluable, right? You get a new quarterback into your system. That's a familiar system that they ran, you know, to the one that they ran in previous years with John Gruden and others over with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, it, it it's, just, it's kind of invaluable to have that type of comfort in a brand new environment, especially at a position like tight end, which is, you know, high percentage throws over the middle of the field, close to the line of scrimmage for the most part. But it also brings the the seam attack back in New Orleans. The Saints have struggled at tight end ever since they traded away Jimmy Graham, uh, you know, back in the day to the Seattle Seahawks. And while that trade landed them guys like Max Unger and helped them get, you know, some, some uh, hold of some other players it it didn't do you know it didn't do them any 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 favors at all at tight end and so they've gone through Colby Fleener and Jared Cook and Benjamin Watson twice and Michael Homanauani and all these guys that just never really panned out fully uh and now they 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 feel that they have a gem and uh, a guy in in Juwan Johnson this will be his second year playing the position of tight end he's a converted wide receiver uh and then now you add Fossum Rowe to that so i think that that is is a big piece and the other piece too is when you you know attack and attack and attack, which I think this New Orleans Saints passing game is going to do, it's going to force a lot of teams to play two deep safeties. They're going to shift their defensive coverage to make sure that they're kind of taking away these big plays. And so it gives you the opportunity to be able to take advantage of the seam, run those four vertical routes down the field, and let the quarterback react based upon where the safety you know takes. So they go to the outside. Well, if so, then you've got a Fossum row that you can hit right up the seam on the inside. They can play a lot of 12 personnel, two tight end sets, things like that, that just kind of help to elevate the offensive system here in New Orleans a bit.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. And obviously, Derek Carr, another first-year Saint, former Las Vegas Raider. He's going to obviously have a huge impact on that team. But I'm really intrigued, Ross, about the second-year guys for the Mm -hmm. Saints, both second-year players and in their second year with the teams of veterans, like Tyron Matthew, for example. I know, obviously, Chris Olave and Trevor Penning are the two first-rounders from last year going to their second Mm -hmm. NFL seasons. But who are you most excited to watch from that group of second-year guys, their second year with the Saints right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you know all of the guys that you just mentioned are are absolutely like befitting of, of of being mentioned here. But just to go to maybe a lesser known name, I'll highlight former undrafted wide receiver Rashid Shaheed. Um, Rashid Shahid, who's going to be wearing the number twenty two at wideout this year, so everybody be ready for that. Uh, but you know, he's going to be this guy that came in last year and kind of took the NFL world by storm. The first two times that he touched the that he touched the football were. 40, 50 plus yard touchdowns. He had the big uh, jet sweep and end around, if you will, to uh, up against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals in the very next week, the big 50 plus yard touchdown bomb from Andy Dalton to him on Thursday night football against the Arizona Cardinals in a game that was otherwise just awful for new Orleans. But Rashid Shahid was, was an absolute highlight. And this is a guy that, you know, it came in and just, Kind of surprised everybody. Folks didn't expect that he was going to be much more than a a return specialist for the team. And he came in and he was just this polished route runner and and, in solid hands and this big time deep threat. I think it was targeted nine times, maybe 10, but I think it was only nine times downfield beyond 20 yards. And he caught eight of those passes, including some in traffic and having to fight for some things and stuff like that. So he's a guy that I'm really, really excited to see take that next step when we watched him during OTAs and mini camps, uh, you know, he continued to flash over and over and over again. So I think particularly the pairing of he and fellow wide receiver Chris Olavi are going to be a lot of fun to watch in their second year.
0: Huge shout-out to Ross, as always, bringing the heat, Saints-wise. Of course, you can also catch him here on Locked On NFL. And for more on Ross's work, be sure to check him at Locked On NFL and Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in the final part of the show, I'll be breaking down the NFL division by division and team by team within those divisions, so planning to get to you still on Locked On NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs, and Bird Dogs make you look good. And, and look, I know I have a couple of pairs. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. I appreciate that khaki design as well. My nickname was Khaki Kev growing up. Still is. Still is Khaki Kev. That's one of my Couple of nicknames. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lou Lemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made from that stiff, restricting cotton. And look, I, I value having some free reign when it comes to shorts. And I don't want to feel stiff in what I wear. Bird Dogs fixed that issue though by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get the way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dog uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all. Day long, and you can go to birddogs.com right now slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on for a free Yeti style tumbler. That tumbler looks very slick as well. I highly recommend getting in on that. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. We're back here rounding out Locked On NFL here on Monday. Kevin is still here with you from Locked On Ravens. And although I do host Locked On Ravens, I do host Locked On NFL here every single Monday. We have an array of hosts from our network bringing you the best NFL content here on this show. Five days a week, so we sure subscribe for free audio and video form. We're available for you every single weekday where we provide you that NFL breakdown. But here today in this final part, we talk Packers, we talk Saints. Now let's talk a general Whole view of the NFL. I just want to break down each division a little bit, talk about which teams are in that division. If I expect it to be a very challenging one, a good one, a kind of easy one, let's we'll talk about that. So let's start. I'm always biased to AFC North. I'll start with the AFC North, but the Ravens, the Bengals, the Browns, and the Steelers. This to me is one of the better divisions in football. I, I definitely put them in the running for one of the best divisions in football. The Ravens are a team that obviously has Lamar Jackson under center, and they now make sure of that with the extension, they added Odell Beckham. They lose a couple of defensive pieces like Calais Campbell and Chuck Clark, but I think the Ravens have Address the receiver position. The roster isn't necessarily perfect, but I expect them to have a pretty good year this year. Cincinnati, though, it's their division with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. That offense, obviously, added Orlando Brown Jr. And, and also the defense. They did lose Jesse Bates, but Wuzier coming back from injury. They have a very scary defensive front there as well. And also guys like Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt. So this is still Cincinnati's division. I think Baltimore can definitely challenge four, but we'll see how that ends up shaking up. Then I have Pittsburgh and Cleveland. I mean, look, I think both teams, Cleveland, I say it every year. I say, oh, Cleveland's so talented. They have The the most talented roster I've ever seen them have. And then they flop. So I'm like, all right, let, let me see something with Cleveland. They had a great offseason, Juan Thornhill, Dalvin Tomlinson, Elijah Moore, but they just have to show it to me on the field first. And then Pittsburgh, you can never count out Mike Tomlin. They have Kenny Pickett at the helm and Najee Harris. They added 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 Alan Robinson. Patrick Peterson had, had a Steelers, honestly, and this is coming from a Ravens guy, had one of the best drafts in the NFL, in my opinion. AFC East. Let's go there next. The Jets, the Bills, the Patriots, and the Dolphins. This again, one of my favorite divisions in football, and one that I think could have three or four playoff teams. Obviously, the Bills are the class of that division, having for the past couple of seasons here. Josh Allen's Stephon Diggs was that dynamic. Like they drafted. Dalton Kincaid is their first round pick to take over the tight end position. Buffalo still is my favorite in the division, but don't overlook like Miami. Miami is sneaky good. They added Jalen Ramsey, Deshaun Elliott to that secondary. And the pieces on offense are there too. Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill make up that one, two there. Tua Tang Viloa, it's going to be up to him if he can take a leap. Obviously, after a pretty scary year for him concussion-wise, I hope everything is all good on that front. The Jets, though. Aaron Rodgers added to the fold. That defense was incredible for them last season. Can they continue? They've added Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. And to me, you know, could they go out there and add a Dalvin Cook to the mix? Brees, Brees Hall was great his rookie season, but coming back from his injury, we'll see how that pans out there. AFC South. This is one where I'm just like, eh, it's the Colts, the Texans, the Titans and then you have the Jaguars obviously I think for Jacksonville it's their division to lose they burst onto the scene last year Trevor Lawrence Christian Kirk that entire offense did really well the defense also it's not a lot of players you've necessarily heard of but it's a lot of really good solid players and I don't want to discount that and take it away from them I mean the Titans Ryan Tannehill Derek Henry it seems like that core is kind of coming to an end and they're, they're trying to kind of usher in a younger era they have Malik Willis and Will Levis on that roster, but I'm not expecting I expect them to finish second in the division. But again, I, I don't think that's gonna be like a playoff team this year. Then the Colts and the Texans, definitely more, you know, Anthony. The Colts roster, I think, is, is good. But to me, is Anthony versus him gonna be ready day one? I think he's gonna need a bit of time to develop in this offense. So, you know, you have like Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, they they have options there. Then Houston, definitely just, you know, they have to get C.J. Shroud acclimated. I think they're building, but they're still a couple of years away. AFC West, I said it all last year, if you were here with me on Locked On NFL, it was my favorite division last year, and it's just flopped. I think the Raiders are the question mark here with Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he going to play or not? But I think the roster overall has solid pieces. Josh Jacobs, if he plays, you know, Devontae Adams there as well. The defense, still a little bit of a question mark, but the Chiefs are the champions, right? The Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC. Pastor Mahomes coming back. Obviously, they lose Juju Smith Schuster. They're relying on Isaiah Pacheco as their top running back now. They know the defense as well. What can they get out of that unit? But look, they are the team to beat here in the AFC. That Mahomes Kelsey duo, you got to stop it. You got to stop it. Then you have teams like Denver and Los Angeles, where I think the Broncos, Russell Wilson just I don't see how he'll have a worse year than he had last year. I just I don't think it's possible. Maybe even more aggression, but I just don't see it. And then you also have the Chargers. The Chargers are one of my favorite rosters in the NFL. Justin Herbert they have Austin Eckler, Keaton Allen, and Mike Williams, and they added Quentin Johnston into that equation. Durbin James is my one of my favorite safeties in the league. So we'll see. I, I think there are a lot, there's a lot of potential there. But then he gets to the NFC, and it's kind of interesting because there, there's not a ton. There, I mean, like we'll start. Let's start with the. We'll do NFC North and just go North East, etc. So NFC North, one of the weirder divisions, you know. It's the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions. I think the Lions are favored in you know most areas, but I think that the Vikings are a team. They did lose some people, but you know they still have Kirk Cousins, and you know take that as you will. But Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. I mean, we'll see, we'll see. But I mean, the Lions are a team at a lot of momentum. The Packers, though, I think the Packers roster out of all those teams is the best pure roster but if jordan love can't take that leap as we talked about with peter then we'll see what happens the bears need a couple of years i just they're improving they're not there yet to me then let's go to the nfc east where it is the commanders the eagles the cowboys and the giants i mean the eagles are obviously the team that what well, made the super Bowl out of the nfc they're extremely talented they've rotated some pieces in that georgia bulldog defense was adding jalen carter and also Keely Ringo to that equation, but it's going to be about hurting to continue that momentum. They take out Miles Sanders, they're going to be relying a lot on you know maybe DeAndre Swift's who they brought in, Kenneth Gainwell, etc. Obviously, AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, one of the best duos in this league. So, the Eagles are the Eagles, they're, they're going to be at a top team this year. The Cowboys, I'm interested to see what the Cowboys can do. Prescott and CD Lamb, the defense of Parsons on that unit, Javon Diggs as well. There could be some regression, but they also could just hope. The Commanders, I you know, they're they're going to need a couple more years, I think, as they kind of move on to Sam Howell. And then the team that's really interesting is the, is the Giants. Who is Daniel Jones? Obviously, we know who Saquon is, but just who is Daniel Jones? Can can he continue his ascension? It was last year just a flash in the pan type deal. NFC South with the Falcons and the Saints and the Bucks and the Panthers. Any team can win that division, in my opinion. I mean, the the Panthers obviously get Bryce Young. They add some weapons to that offense. DJ Chuck, Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst. Then, you know, the Falcons, they add a lot. They add a lot. Jesse Bates, Clayus Campbell. But can Desmond Ritter take that next step for them? The Saints, How we talked with Ross Jackson. How is their car going to impact things, some of the second-year players? And, and then a team like the Bucks. is Baker Mayfield the answer? Is Kyle Trask the answer? I have no idea what to make of that division, honestly. Then the NFC West, Seattle, San Francisco, Arizona, and also Los Angeles. I mean – it's the 49ers division to lose. I love their roster, but again, it's the quarterback position. What, what is going on there? Is it Brock Purdy? Is he going to be ready? Is Trey Lance their guy? I mean, there are so many questions there, but the roster itself is really, really good. A team like Seattle, Geno Smith coming on and winning the comeback player of the year and, and you know all these different things. I just... We'll see if it was a flash in the pan year, but I think they had a really good draft again. I think two years in a row of them having a really good draft, so you know we'll see what happens there. And then I think a team like the Cardinals need a lot of time. Kyler Murray coming off the ACL injury probably won't be here for the start of the year. That that's a team that I don't think's going to make a ton of noise this year. And then the Rams are another team. I mean Matthew Stafford just they went all in for that Super Bowl, and these are the years we were expecting after it. After all those. All in trades where they got what they wanted, Where now they're going to endure a couple of years. Cooper Cup is one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the league. Aaron Donald as well, but a lot of deals where they might have to move up with some money sooner rather than later. So uh, the NFL is going to be crazy this year. I'm really excited for this season overall, and we'll see which teams make it, which teams don't. There will be those surprise teams, both in a good and a bad way, right? Good teams in terms of, oh, wow, they were better than we thought, and bad teams in terms of, ooh, they were a lot worse than we thought. So I'm excited for it. But that's all I have to here today on Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in today. When we to get back here tomorrow, more NFL concepts from your Tuesday. host be sure to stay tuned for that. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked On NFL.